thought, oh, there it is, millions of years. That's not what happened. What happened was people made an intentional decision and they gave priority to science over the Bible. Actually, I said that wrong. Didn't I, science teacher? They gave priority to certain scientists' interpretation over God's Word. I try to be careful with my words. Forgive me along the way. You see, we have to recognize that God's Word and God's world do not contradict. Only the interpretation of them does at times. At times. Well, by now you've found the book of Genesis. I'll give you a hint. It's on page one. Okay? You can get there. And uh, we're going to be in, in the book of Genesis. But, but before we do that, I just want to continue to show you the truth that this is not just Genesis. You, you, could, you could rip Genesis 1 out of your Bible. I don't recommend it. As a matter of fact, you definitely shouldn't. But you could. And take the rest of Scripture and still understand that God made the heavens and the earth simply through His words. We'll put some verses up on the screen and, and just put those up. They won't take time to explain them very much right now. I just want to remind you of them. Notice what Hebrews 11 says. The second part of that part of the screen there says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. How did God create? Simply by His Word. That's how God created Man, we create with tools. i got some old rusty tools here. My dad's going to be mad at me because this saw is all rusted. Yeah. See, it's tough when your father's in the room. So I've got some old rusty tools here. Man creates with tools. We go out in the yard and we dig a hole and we put a flower in there and we're really excited about how it looks in six to nine months maybe, right? We pull out a hammer and we bang away and, and we make something. This is, this is how we operate, okay? What we do is we... We have a system with boards and nails and we bring in this object of a hammer and it then allows us to build something. So it is not a closed system at your house when you build something. You bring in a powerful tool held in the powerful arm of an individual who's swinging the hammer. We understand that this is how man creates Man steps into a system. It's not closed because I'm in it and I have a tool and I make. Well, God creates simply by the word of His mouth. Over and over and over. God said, God said, let there be, let there be. Hebrews is very clear. By the word of God, He made all that there is and did not use anything to make it but simply spoken into existence. Another powerful, powerful passage is, is the one here in Exodus. Put that up on the screen for us. The second half of that as well says that for in six days, God created the heavens and the earth. Powerful. This is Moses writing this in Exodus chapter 20. This is what we call the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And there it is. In six days, God created the heavens and the earth. So it is through the Word of God that God makes. Now let me, let me push you a little further. Put another screen up on there. For, put another verse up there for me, would you? 
This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says this. For God who said, now there's his word, let light shine out of darkness. This is God creating light. But he is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now what in the world does that mean? Here's what the author Paul is trying to say. You know how God spoke and light existed? And that's what it says. He, out of the darkness, He shone light just by His Word, and we have that all through Scripture. You know how amazing that is? That through God's Word, light came into existence. Wow! What Paul is saying is this. That through the same Word of God, you and I, if you're in Christ, became a new creature. Now think about this. Why is it, why is it that we will believe that we are a new creature simply because of the Word of God? You and I believe, if you're in Christ today, you believe that all of your sin is gone because of what Christ has done. You have believed on the Gospel. And because of the Gospel, you are forgiven. And you are called now a saint. I ask you, why is it seen less believable to us, to people, that God can make the heavens and the earth than the whole idea that God can transform me from a sinner to a saint? As I read the Bible, and I hear this, it's very important. As I read the Bible, God is more impressed by you and I and our being a new creation than He even is the world. God finds that more glorious that you've been made a new creature by the Word of God. To the Lord, all the heavens and the earth, not as impressive the fact that you and I are forgiven. Let me put one more verse up here about the Word of God. This one comes from Revelation. It talks about the new heaven and the new earth. And that there will be a time when we will be with the Lord in a brand new heaven, a brand new earth. Second Peter says that this earth and this heaven is going to be dissolved. It's going to, God's going to uncreate it. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. I ask you, how's He going to do that? How's God going to make that new heaven and new earth? Is He going to evolve it? Over millions of years? Is God going to start a process and through the natural means of evolution allow the current earth and heaven to dissolve and then a new one start? Is that what He's going to do? Of course not. You wouldn't. If I tried to tell you that, you'd laugh me out of the room. Why do we believe? Tell me, why do we believe that God with the word of His mouth can make a new heaven and a new earth and we struggle to believe? That He made all that there is. How can we believe in a new heaven and a new... How can I believe that I will see loved ones in heaven? How can I believe that this isn't all there is? And all that will be changed will be done by God's Word. How can I believe that? And then turn on the History Channel and watch a, con- commu- a computer animated image and I will instantly say, well... I mean, I guess God didn't make the heavens and the earth. It must have happened over millions of years like they said 
Is our faith that small? Do we believe that little? The Word of God is powerful. And it brings new life. New creatures by the power of God's Word. I've got a couple videos I want to show you this morning. Because as I told you, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. I have no desire to be a scientist. I respect you scientists, but I'm not a scientist. But I'm not going to try to use science to support the Word of God. But I'll let some other people do that at times, okay? Watch this short video. These are all like one minute, okay? So don't... Why does it matter if the Earth is billions of years old or a few thousand, as the Bible says? Does it really make that much of a difference to us here and now? Some people have tried to get around the timescale of creation by saying, well, who knows what a day means to God? I mean, after all, doesn't the Bible tell us one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is one day? So... When when God's speaking about time, what does that mean? Well, in fact, God is beyond time. He created time. Therefore, when God uses time terminology, it is always for our benefit and therefore always to be understood on human terms. And so when God tells us that he made in six days and rested one, we're to take that as God making in six days and rested one. Additional evidence that God made in six days comes from the way it's worded in Genesis. The Hebrew word for day is yom, and it can perhaps in certain poetic contexts, like in the day of the Lord, it can mean a longer period of time than 24 hours, but not in the context of Genesis 1. In fact, God defines the word day, he says, and God called the light day, so day is when it's light out, he's defining his terms there, and then it goes on and says the evening and the morning were the first day, and of course he's defining it in terms of Earth's rotation, therefore one evening plus one morning is a day. You know, some people have said, well, why does it really matter why we believe in six days or, or millions of years? Who cares? If the Bible is wrong about the time scale of creation, then how can we trust it on other matters? If God can't even get the details right in Genesis, how can we trust that he got the details right on how to inherit eternal life? So it really does matter. We'll hear more from Dr. Jason in a few minutes. I want to read for us Genesis, and it's going to be a long reading, but this is the word of God. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. Let me just mention this. That's the first time that phrase has been used, but it will be used a couple more times. And that's a Hebrew phrase. And what it means is it is permanently fixed. It is permanently fixed. This waters above, waters below... The atmosphere that we have, this expanse, permanently fixed. Notice it wasn't on day one. He didn't say, and it was so, when God made light. It's permanently fixed. Watch for that as we read through this. It's interesting. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let dry land appear, 
And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together He called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, on the same day now, we haven't moved forward yet, on God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit, and which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, and which is their seed each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now let me, I'm going to now explain verse 13 so you get it along the way. So, so God made the dry land and He then placed the vegetation on the land. And then there was evening. And then there was morning that was the third day. You see how this is working. This is explaining the activity of this day. God got to work by saying, exist. He didn't use a shovel. And it was there, and then there was evening, and then there was morning, the third day. Verse 14. And God said, let there be lights. Important. Look at verse 1. Actually, verse number 3. Let there be light. Singular. Let there be light in verse 3. Verse number 14, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Permanently fixed. Verse 16, and God made the two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. Interesting. Answers in Genesis, which is a great ministry to to read, a lot of information about creation science, makes a big deal about that little phrase, and the stars. The number of stars appears to be innumerable. The universe appears to be expanding. And here, God just kind of just throws it out there, four little words, and the stars. I can't even get it right. Three words. Verse 17. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, I think this is my favorite day, okay? Because I like to fish and I like to shoot at birds, okay? So let's see what happens here. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, And let birds fly above the earth, across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures. And every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them. And He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds. Watch the three creatures. Livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. Here they come again. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. But He's not done. 
He's not done. And in verse 26, a change happens. Something significant here is happening. God has been doing this all along, but now the Lord is now going to go to great detail to explain to us the pinnacle of His creation. And that is mankind. And when we strip that away, people walk into churches and kill people. People exterminate whole cultures when we rip away God's creation of mankind. Sinful men do horrible things to one another when they don't see that man bears the image of God. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Yes, it's plural. Speaking of the Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit of God. After our likeness, another plural pronoun. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Dominion. Man has given the, the charge to care for this creation. To monitor and use it to glorify God. So, verse 27, God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living animal that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth. And every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the heavens, to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath, I've given every green plant for food. And God says it was so permanently fixed. And God saw everything that He had made. And behold, now God is going to qualify the goodness of His creation. And it says it's very good because His image bearer is there. The one who is made, who's uniquely made to bear God's image, to have relationship with Him, to glorify Him, is there. And God says, it is very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. You see what we have here? I'll put it up on the screen. We have the six days of creation. I want us to recognize it is a divine miracle. There is no explaining a miracle. You cannot explain and interpret a miracle. You know, I compare it to the fact that my dog thinks I'm amazing. Mushi is so impressed by me. You know why? He just comes to me and shakes his little backside, okay? And magically, food just appears. He's just amazed by it. The other day, I said, hey, Moose, let's go for a ride. He goes and gets in the car, and magically, this, this thing that we're in travels at high speeds. It just blows his mind. Now, why is that? Because it's a miracle in his mind. Not really, I know, okay? He doesn't have thoughts. He's not conscious. We'll get there in just a little bit. But the point is this. We cannot hope to explain a miracle. A miracle is the divine work of God. I cannot step into a t- by, beside of a tomb and walk up to a man named Lazarus who's now alive. 
and evaluate him and, and look at him and, and observe him and say, oh, now I understand how you came back to life. Yes, it makes perfect sense now. That's not the way it would work. If we were there evaluating Lazarus and saying, how did you come back to life? The only answer is, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a divine miracle. And the cool thing about it, it's pretty interesting to see how the Lord laid this out. I won't take a lot of time because we have to get through all this. Of course, we we could spend years on Genesis chapter 1. But as you see what God has done in the separation on here on the left-hand side, where God is forming the earth for population on the right-hand side. God forms the earth by creating light and dark. He forms the earth by separating the waters. He forms the earth by separating the land from the seas. And then He fills them on days 4, 5, and 6. It says in Genesis 1 that the earth was formless and void. And God dealt with that through the creative process. Now last week we focused on days 1 to 3. Today we're going to go to days 4, 5, and 6. And, um, man, they're exciting. They're exciting. Let, let's, let's talk about day four, okay? Skip down to day four, Jonathan, just for sake of time. Day four. It's there in verse number um, 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Now, it is significant here. It is very significant for us to realize that God created light on day one. And sometimes people have a trouble with that. They're like, well, it, how was there light on day one, day two, day three? How is that possible that there was light on day one, day two, day three, and on day four, that's when God makes the sun? You see, this is silly. Really? Is that where we're going to go? God created light on day one. And you ask, well, what was the source of light on day one, day two, day three? Read the book of Revelation. The same source of light in the new heavens and new earth is the source of light in day 1, 2, and 3. Revelation chapter 20 is very clear. There is no sun. Because God is the light. God made the light on day number 1. But on day number four, he created these light bearers, is really what they are. Look at it with me. Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky, and they have some purposes. They separate the day from the night, and they are signs and seasons for days and years. The immensity of day number four is beyond our imagination, but we focus here on the two great lights that we see, the sun and the moon. Have you ever wondered why it is? Do you think it's just by coincidence that the time that it takes the earth to rotate around the sun is exactly 365 point some odd days? God created that. God established that. Why is a month a month long? You ever wonder about that? Why is a month as long as it is? It's set by the rotation of the moon. Why is it that, say, a day is 24 hours? It is now by the rotation of the earth. You see, God established these things. God, in verse number 14, is very clear. Written in 1400 B.C., mind you. In 1400 B.C., the Spirit of God revealed this is where days and years come from. Question. 
We know how long, we know where we get a year. We know where we get a month. We know where we get a day. Where do we get a week? Huh. Is that Pluto? Uranus? Mars? Where do we get a week? The French Revolution, they decided they wanted to get rid of a week. So they switched to a 10-day work week. Mandatory. If you stopped on day 7, it was punishable by law. 10 days. Guess what happened? The whole system collapsed. The whole system. The Russians in the early 1900s wanted their workforce to be more effective. So you know what they did? They switched to a five-day week. Guess what? Their machinery broke down. The animals couldn't operate. The humans couldn't function. Where do we get a week? We get it from our six-day creation. And God rested on the seventh day. You know, as you go through this, just moving along, and let them be light expanse of heavens to give light upon the earth, and it was so. It was so. And God made the two great lights, the light to rule the day, the light to rule the night, and God, God sets these stars in the sky. Verse number 19. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. Now people get all worked up about this, and they say, well, okay, now we finally have a day. So is day one, two, and three... How were they a day? Were, were they 24 hours? Were, were they something else? The whole point of this... I mean, here's a question. Why didn't God create the earth, say, in 10 seconds? You ever wonder about that? Why not 6 seconds? Couldn't God have gone, boom, and it was all here? So why did it take 6 days? Why not 6 months? Why not 6 million years? Because God was establishing a pattern for us. A pattern. A pattern that we are to live. And dedicate the seventh day for remembering Him. The Creator. That's why that verse, I put it on the screen, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. That's why Moses went there under the inspiration of God's Spirit. The whole point of this is God made us. So remember your Creator. Moving along, moving along. We got to get. Let me put this verse up on the screen. Go ahead and put. Do we have Psalm 19? I don't think I've got it. I don't think I've got it. I'll read it for you. Listen to listen to Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. 19 verses 1 to 4. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice, this is of the stars, the sky, the, the, the universe, their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them He has set a tent for the sun. We see God is real through all the creation. Let's go to day number 5. Day number 5. And God said... Let the, wa- let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures. Let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So at this point, God now makes all the fish, all the things that lived in the ocean, okay? I, I think probably there were mammals here, okay? Don't get, biologists, don't get upset with me, but I think that was here, okay? God made all the, those creatures that lived in the water and all those that, that were then in the sky, 
And they had to go on the earth to repopulate it. Notice what it says, okay? That they are going to now be fruitful and multiply. Look what it says in verse number 22. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So now God has given them a mandate. And here we have the first living creature. Verse number 21. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves. On day number five, there's a change, you see. Now God is making living creatures. On day number three, He made the plants. He didn't call those living. Now, I know they're alive, okay? By botanists, don't get upset with me. I realize that. But even the botanists will say there's a difference in a plant and a fish, okay? So on this day, He made the living creatures. And what this living means, what it means is that they actually... They have a means of actually breathing and they interact with others, okay? It's really, it's interesting. What it means is, is they're they're made from the soul, is what it means. They're made from the soul. So these living creatures, a plant, I can walk up next to it, stand next to a plant, and it doesn't move. It's not like, hey, invading my body space, right? It doesn't do that. But walk up to a fish, make sure you're in a river, okay, and watch what he does. Scoot, he's right out of here. You see, he's now, she, it, is now conscious of others and can now live and reproduce. And the amazing design of all these different creatures, they have a skeletal, many of them have a skeletal, I know some don't, but the skeletal system and they have a, have, have a means of muscular system and, and of waste elimination. And, and, and all. I mean, it's just amazing what God has done. Look at Job 12. This one I got on the screen because it was kind of wordy. Ask the beast and they will teach you. The birds of the heavens and they will tell you. The bushes of the earth and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea, they will declare to you who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this. One of the things I love about God is God doesn't come to us and say, please let me convince you that I'm alive. He just declares God created the heavens and the earth. He is the creator. To use my early illustration, I don't feel the need to explain to Mushi that I go to Walmart and buy him food and pour it on a plate. I don't, I don't feel the need to explain that to him. I just do it. Because I have dominion over him. God declares who he is. Okay, moving along. Moving along. Let's get to day number, where are we at? Six, I believe. All right. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds for, for just for sake of time. Livestock are, these are animals we can domesticate, okay? Livestock are your cows, your horses, your donkeys. These are animals God has placed on the earth that we are to use as tools, Okay? We're to care for them. We have dominion over them. But they are, they're, they're really just objects that we use to accomplish God's plan. And the creeping things. Now, I don't know why God made these. Okay? But this is your snakes and your spiders and your scorpions. And, and actually, in the Hebrew, this would even mean animals that scurry along the ground. So your rodents and your gerbils and all, all those kind of things. The things you just want to kill. Okay? That's the creeping things. That's what that is. And then you have the beasts of the earth. This is the lions, the tigers, and bears. That's what this would be. These are animals that 
that live on the, you know, the, the African jungle and the desert plain that we don't domesticate. We can't. Now, I know there's a tame bear, grizzly Adams, I get all that. But in reality, these animals, they are, they're not tameable to use the same way that a cow is. God made these, all of these, and it was so. It's interesting to me in verse number 25, notice what God does here, what the Spirit of God does. He flips the order right around, verse 25, God made the beasts of the earth, according to their kinds, the livestock, and the, those things that creep on the ground. You see, when he, when he listed it out, he had a different order. He said, livestock, creep, beast. But when he made them, he went beast, livestock, creep. You know what this shows us? There's no evolving going on here. This was instantaneous. It wasn't like God made this one and it became this one and it became... No, it was so. Instantaneous, he made. And then we get... To verse number 26. Now, it's good, it's good that we're verse 26 and we're near the end of our time because we're going to talk about chapter 2 at length. But let's just hit what happens here. So now God makes man. And look at what he does. Look Look at what the Lord does for man. He makes him in his image so he can reflect his glory. Verse number 26. He gives him dominion over the earth. We see that there in 26 and 27. He gives him a partner in this. This this expression of love that he he brings him a, a female, one to partner with. He blesses them and says to multiply and to subdue the earth. He provides for them, verse number 29. He gives them seed that that they can eat, and, and he gives them food that they can consume. God has given them everything that they need. In the garden here, it is perfect. There is no death. There is no survival of the fittest. There's no struggle. There's nobody or nothing dying. It is absolutely good. No, it is very good. And it hurts my heart to see what our ancestors did. And it's so parallel to us. They looked at all that God had given them. They looked at all that God had done. All the blessings that He had brought in their life. And they rebelled. And they rejected. And ultimately what they did, now hear this, is they doubted the very word of of God. And when the tempter came, that was his opening line. Did God really say? Is God's word really true? Is God's word really powerful? Is God's word enough? To make you. Is God's word enough to make a new heaven? Is God's word enough to recreate you? Put First Peter up on the screen. I think I have it here. One more. And another. There it is. You, Peter writes, speaking to believers, 
You have been born again. How? How? Not a perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and abiding, and here's our phrase for today. The living and abiding Word of God. Believer in Christ, listen. We are counting on the fact that Jesus is enough to speak and we are born again. The call is to believe that God's Word is true. And He's powerful enough to speak us into existence. Let's pray before we worship Him a little more. Father in heaven, Lord, I do ask you to help us with our unbelief. Lord, we, we, we know you're not saved by believing in a six literal day creation. We know that. Lord, we're saved through Christ. But Lord, we want you to bolster our faith. Lord, you have told us, you have declared over and over and over and over in your word that you have made us. Through the word of your mouth, using nothing that existed prior. Lord, this is the love that you have for us. This is the care that you have for us. This is the concern. This is the investment that you have in us. Thank you, Lord. And you did this so we could worship you. We do that now in spirit and in truth. Amen.